Welcome to Studio Berlin, our weekly current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin. I'm your host, Sumi Somaskanda. This week, we're talking about Berlin's iconic club culture, the famous venues that are part of the city's fabric and its reputation as a magnet for ravers and clubbers around the world. But that nightlife is under threat. The coronavirus pandemic has shut down clubs for the foreseeable future. And it's not just about culture. According to the Club Commission, an association that promotes and protects the club scene in Berlin, tourists who come to dance and party here bring in sales worth nearly 1.5 billion euros a year. The Berlin government is trying to help. It's released more aid. 46 clubs and concert venues have received an average of around 80,000 euros, but they say that will only tie them over for now. So is the party over? Let's talk about that with Lutz Leichsenring. He's a spokesperson for the Club Commission and the founder of Creative Footprint. That's an organization protecting creative industries. Hi. And we have Matthias Stiele with us on the line. He's the spokesperson for One Berlin. That's a brand new initiative that's just formed that's bringing together musicians, festival operators, restaurant owners, among others, to save Berlin's unique culture. Hello. It's great to have both of you on the line. Lutz, let's start with you. What is the state of the club scene right now during the coronavirus pandemic? How bad do things look for clubs? Well, things are looking really bad. We are doing uh, weekly or two weekly surveys, so we know exactly what the current status is, how the re- the financial resources are for, for the clubs in the current status. On I side, we're looking from week to week, from month to month uh, to survive. The situation is very different from club to club. Some of them have the ability now to also use outside areas. But uh, to be honest, that is not really covering a whole lot of the the cost to manage the building or uh, to pay your staff. Well, we know that Berlin has a huge club scene. So can you tell us what kind of clubs are we talking about here? How many are there and uh, what are their needs? Well, we're counting right now around 140 clubs and another 150 um, club promoters uh, with their agencies. They currently employ about 9,000 people in the city. And um, of course, they are all laid off and get Kurzarbeitergeld, which is like the short work money uh, that covers about 70% of their income. And um, yeah, the clubs have in general about 30 people employed and on average. Basically, they're not allowed to work. It's hard to combine club culture as we know it, um, that people communicate, um, have um, skin contact, let's put it this way, be, be close together um, and enjoy their common culture. Um, and that is really hard to combine with an epidemic, obviously. Well, the clubs are part of a larger culture in Berlin. And Matthias, I want to ask you about this initiative that we introduced, One Berlin. Uh, you're the spokesperson for it. And this brings together people from really a, a broad spectrum of cultural institutions and venues here in Berlin. What is it that you guys are trying to do? We think that commissions like the Club Commission, the Berlin Music Commission and all the other boards we have are very crucial to um, defend urban culture in Berlin. But it needs to get a more, a better perspective for the politics and for the administration, a broad uh, group of people that get together from different kinds of branches. And that's what we are doing at the moment. We gather together and um, we try to find... Um, common goals and things and initiatives that we want to combine to get more impact on the local politics and maybe beyond. What exactly brings these different people together? Because you have people in your group who run restaurants, who uh, operate festivals. What is it that's your common goal? 
The common goal is that um, we see that the urban culture of uh, the pre-epidemic Berlin is dying. I mean, the whole situation is uh, changing so fast and so radical that we need a perspective of what's going on in the future. So that our perspective is not to talk about Corona, not to talk about all these very, very necessary uh, helping funds, but look to a Berlin that we want to live in and uh, a Berlin that is uh, also attractive to uh, tourists and everybody else. What does that look like when you say a Berlin that we can all live in? We talk about sustainability. We talk about less Amazoniation, less building stuff and so on. I mean, so we need we, what we need and we, what we don't have and what we lost over the last 10 years is a lot of urban space to act as citizens in this city. And we are going to defend that and to fight back. We want you to reoperate these urban spaces that have been taken because there's no intimate uh, use of buildings and stuff possible because there's a lot of building going on. So we need more spaces, more defined spaces in the city where we can just act as urban culture activists. Okay, so you're talking about urban culture. Lutz, I want to come back to you because Club Commission has been fighting for uh, Berlin clubs also well before the pandemic, we should say. The Berlin Senate, the government here, has provided some aid, as you said, to these clubs. Why is it not enough? So um, the help we need right now is monetarily, um, but also to really think about what are the ways of using the outside spaces. We are working very hard on this. Um, we identified um, in our last study about 65 open air areas uh, all over the city. And now we are reaching out to the different districts to use these spaces for festivals, for small uh, music events, and of, of course also the outside areas of clubs. That's what we're doing right now to survive the summer. And we need as much flexibility from, from the municipality as possible to make this happen. Of course, also from the, the residents that they also understand this is a very tough situation for the creative community right now. So we need also more tolerance uh, when it comes to noise emissions and, and things like that. Well, it sounds like there is support for this. Uh, there was a Berlin lawmaker from the Social Democrats, the SPD, Daniel Buchholz, uh, who is a speaker for city development and also on the Committee for Cultural Affairs. And he says that clubs should be able to use open spaces until they can open again. Let's hear what he said. The people want to dance. They want to have an amusement. And we see it's going to be illegal. We want to give a chance to make it legal and to make it good in Corona times. And that could be to use all open air spaces which are available could be a, a small brick to help them. So, Lutz, I want to ask you just about how that would work. We're talking about moving the party outdoors. So is this a sustainable solution? Well, it's, I think uh, definitely some kind of solution that doesn't force people to do it illegally. We have to look that people also have legal alternatives to do events in the city, to do them under the, the current hygiene measures. But it's, I think it's very, very crucial that we now use these months because as we know from other countries, but also from the early stages of this corona epidemic in Berlin, clubs can tend to be a, a kind of a petri dish very easily um, if you don't have enough ventilation or if you don't keep up with social distancing. And 
to be honest, it's really, really hard to run a club as you would like to run it, as a space of freedom, of tolerance, of um, letting people do whatever they like to do, this kind of protected space, and at the same time, look over their shoulder and tell them what to do and not to do. So this is really hard to combine. And so we need to use these open air spaces. We need to find uh, ways of doing it. And we also have to do it fast because the summer is short. And um, we also know that if you want to apply for a license, it sometimes takes six to eight weeks or even longer. So this is not a possibility. We need to have support. And Daniel Buchholz is one of the strong supporters of our free open air um, concept. So hopefully this also goes into the district because they are responsible actually for giving out the licenses. We also know the devil is in the detail. So it's about um, also now doing some test events in this direction that shows it's possible to do social distancing and still keep events running, but safe. Matthias, coming back to you now, you talked about some of the changes that the city has experienced and how that's affected some of the people who are part of your initiative. So people who run restaurants and hotels and festivals. Some people would say this is part of a normal city development, that a city grows, there's uh, new buildings and gentrification is also part of that. So uh, what's your response to that? Uh, let's get back to the former point because we are in contact also with concert promoters in Berlin and the, the situation is there. Uh, much more critical. These concert promoters try to get more licensing for the open air spaces and uh, the government is simply shaking their heads. And they say, they say, no, it's not possible because it's a federal law and we need uh, this and that, uh, but it's not happening. So the concert venues, the concert promoters, the booking agencies have an existentialistic crisis so it needs more pressure from outside. It needs the pressure from the streets. It needs the pressure from Berliners to uh, make clear that they won't survive, that, that this urban culture will, will not survive. To come back to the other point, of course, it's, uh, a city is growing. A lot of building is going on. But we have been uh, working on a culture in Berlin over the last 30 years since the war came down that is unique in the world because it's made uh, from scratch. So it doesn't have any big money behind it. And all these, these fine woven uh, structures between people, specialists, DJs, musicians, actors and stuff, different areas and uh, different cultural approaches, it's unique. And you, you, you won't find these people after the epidemic anymore because they are going to leave. A lot of people are leaving Berlin already. And um, the, the Berlin DNA is falling apart at the moment. And we need a perspective for them um, to come back to Berlin and to redefine um, urban culture in Berlin for the next years. That's, so that's what we are working on. Matthias says Berlin's DNA is falling apart and a big part of that DNA is clubs. Lutz, what will happen if they don't get the help they need in the coming weeks and months? Well, it's obvious that if we lose spaces now, we probably won't um, regain them again. So everything what we are now not saving in city center, like uh, spaces which have maybe even uh, long-term uh, rental contracts, they're in deep danger if they cannot pay their rents. And um, and this will affect the whole ecosystem of uh, the creative community. If the stages for artists, if the places where people can meet and, and rehearse and, and, and perform, if these spaces are... Uh, gonna lose we 
we're gonna lose lose a big piece of the city's culture and DNA, and that is something where um, we need the solidarity of the society um, from government um, to get through this crisis. And um, obviously, we are not even half through that crisis. And I also agree with uh, with Matthias. Um, concert venues um, and um, and big arenas where people can you know have several entrances and exited and and you have the ability you know to stay there for for maybe two or three hours and and then basically leave organized is a different scenario than running a club where people come and go all through the night maybe hopping from venue to venue that is something which is yeah which is also a big threat that we get stigmatized as you know, the nighttime which spreads the virus. This is something which we don't want and for this we need full support. Happily till now, we, we saved most of the venues, but it already starts that uh, Tango Loft uh, had to uh, cancel their contract. Uh, Mushi Obermeier in Mitte is a, is a bar with, a, with also dance floor which had to close. So it's, it's already starting. And if we are not really doing the right decisions in this moment, uh, we, we probably get hurt in the long run very hard. We'll have to leave it there. Very interesting discussion. Thank you both, Lutz Leisenring from Club Commission and Matthias Stiele from One Berlin. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. When we come back, we'll delve a little deeper into the club and music scene and why it's become an iconic part of Berlin. You're listening to KCRW Berlin on 104.1 FM. Hey, you, you've been hearing and reading the news all day. So what are you getting out of it? Are you smarter, more informed, better prepared for your dinner party later tonight? Well, The Takeaway has you covered. We ask the tough questions, we hold lawmakers accountable, and if something just doesn't seem right, we ask, how did we get here? It's The Takeaway with me, Tanzina Vega. Tune in to The Takeaway weeknights at 6 on 104.1 KCRW Berlin. I'm Todd Zwillick. We named 1A after the First Amendment. It's for everybody, especially the curious. And because things are rarely black and white, 1A brings you all the colors. Join me weekdays and keep listening to this NPR station throughout the day. Tune into 1A weekdays at 4 on 104.1 KCRW Berlin. Welcome back to Studio Berlin on 104.1 FM. We're talking about Berlin's famous club and party scene. The coronavirus pandemic has shut down clubs and venues and is reshaping how the party looks and sounds. That was the sound in early June as around 3,000 people showed up at Berlin's Landwehrkanal on boats and on shore to show their support for the city's shuttered clubs. It started as a protest but turned into a big party that police had to break up. Habe. That was Berlin's mayor, Michel Müller, saying he has no sympathy for parties under the guise of a demonstration where thousands of people come together. It's a form of ignorance. But the protesters say they're protecting part of Berlin's culture. Let's talk more about where that culture came from and how it's changed. We have Sarah Farina with us. She's a longtime DJ here in Berlin. She also plays in clubs and venues around the world. Hello. And we have our very own KCRW Berlin DJ and host Moderna, who explores Berlin's influence on techno, dark disco and left field culture every Thursday on Brave New Rave. And she is joining us on the phone from France, where she's currently on vacation. Hi. 
Sarah, I want to start with you. First of all, we know that Berliners want to show support for clubs, but was that protest that we heard about the right thing to do in the middle of a pandemic? I don't think so. I mean, I can emphasize to a certain point that people want to party and also have fun and protest at the same time. But yeah, we are still in the middle of a pandemic and we need to take care of each other. You know, it's it's like really a chance for us to learn to empathize with other people and just be more aware and also really truly show solidarity because solidarity means getting uncomfortable and it means to stay more at home and not go outside and risk other people's health. Moderna, those illegal parties show that for a lot of Berliners, clubbing, partying is really a part of their life here. And give us some context. You know Berlin's music scene really well. Why do you think it is that Berlin's clubs have really been so successful? Well, uh, to be frank, not all clubs have been successful necessarily. But for the ones that have, I think there are several factors, actually. To begin with, Berlin has so much creative openness in the scene. And it really allows for different things to happen around the cities. But it's not just supported by the scene. It's also supported by the government, which is quite unique. You know, the laws and regulations here are, in Berlin are actually conducive to being able to have a great club and be successful with it, which isn't always the case in many other cities. The support you get here from the scene is actually amplified by the support you get from the system. So they somewhat work together. That's how I see it. And it really helps. Sarah, you mentioned that you play around the world. And I want to ask you about the artistic side. So the music and the club culture that's come from Berlin, how influential has that been in shaping a similar culture in other parts of the world? Yeah, it's funny. I feel like Berlin is like a place that people look up to from other cities who are also I don't know, part of rave culture and club culture, they're fighting to have like similar environments like that you can have your clubs uh, open for longer, that the whole experiencing of clubbing is less policed. I mean, you just go to London, for example, before the pandemic, of course, and the first time I've played there, I felt like I'm being policed in a really heavy way. Like I entered the club and I told them I was going to play there. And they're just like, who are you? Show me your bag. <laughs> you know, it was like very strict and everything. And so when people go to Berlin for a weekend, they're like, oh, my God, this is a Disneyland for grownups, basically. Moderna, is that a difference that you've noticed as well? You know, I know in Australia, when I was in Sydney, you know, they at one point had a midnight curfew, you know, where things had to shut down at 12 And it's just, that's really hard to have a flourishing club culture with those types of restrictions and regulations. So, of course, I've experienced it in other cities where we kind of turn to illegal parties then, you know. And in Berlin, there are some illegal parties, but you don't necessarily have to have one if you have, like, a legal running operation. Well, this, as we heard early in the show, is exactly what uh, the club commission is now trying to protect, this unique culture in Berlin that is pretty open, as you both have been saying. Uh, Sarah, what do you think of how clubs are facing a crisis right now? How has this affected you? Obviously, I basically lost my job. So, And so a lot of people 
try to stream their DJ sets. And that's one way to stay connected with your fan base, I think, but it's not really where you can make a living from, you know. I've heard from friends in China that people are actually willing to pay for live streams to hear their favorite DJs play and also see them as well. I don't know if that's a format that will work here in Berlin. I'm not sure. Thinking long term, we really need to find ways because we all have bills to pay to keep supporting the artists. So I don't really have the answers. I feel like it's an ongoing process. And unfortunately, we're living in a capitalistic world. And the dance floor is such a unique thing. There is not really an alternative, you know. Moderna, what's your view on this? Because even before the pandemic, some Berlin clubs were really facing a crisis because of the way that the city has developed. There are fewer spaces for clubs to survive with rising rents. How have you seen this culture start to change? I mean, I think clubs and creative culture will always be threatened by certain gentrification. I mean, unless there is a system from the government in place to actually protect it. You know, it goes with all creative and independent spaces, I think. But I also think that coming back to it, you know, as far as like Berlin clubs being able to change and move forward after this crisis, I mean, it will be like an operational sense that they have to um, change as far as they'll have to do special sanitation protocols and capacity regulations, you know, more events will be held outdoors, like open airs. Like, for example, I just launched a new event that's held outdoors. It's called Brave New Brunch. And basically, I team up with a chef and we serve amazing food. We have DJs play. Um, so we can eat and dance, but still in an open air at a distance. And of course, you know, all the sanitation and capacity is regulated, which may also makes it special because it's a coveted thing and it's a privilege to be able to do this, you know, during a time of these circumstances. It's going to be things like that. And I feel like, you know, us DJs or artists aren't necessarily looked as essential workers, but in a sense, I feel like we are still essential because creativity is also super important during a time like this. Sarah, do you think that as well, that this crisis might be an opportunity for Berlin clubs to change? I saw a journalist posited the theory that, you know, Berlin might actually be a victim of its own hype. So many people come here and want to party because it's so famous, and that has brought more money, investment to the city, and also changed the culture. So is this an opportunity to shift what happens in the club scene? I think so. I actually think it's an uh, opportunity for all of us on a personal level as well. I really hope in terms of the club culture that we create a more collective mindset. Yeah, so I really hope there won't be this like competitiveness between clubs when we kind of go back to normal, whatever that will look like. So that people and clubs will work together and not against each other. And also that we focus on more the, of, on the local talent, you know, instead of booking DJs from far, far away or just in Europe for one weekend, basically. And then they go on. And I find it also weird that DJs a lot of times make much more money than the people who actually produce the music. And... I really hope that we find a way in the city with everyone who is involved in club culture that we talk more with each other than about each other. 
Sarah, you mentioned there that this could be an opportunity to focus more locally on DJ and art here in Berlin, but you play in venues internationally, so wouldn't that affect the way that you work? Yeah, like uh, just focus more on local talent, basically, because we have amazing DJs in the city, but then we only end up booking the big names, you know? I think it's in general about slowing down and just less is more. Make it special again. Moderna, what's your take on that? It's like basically you're trading out. I mean, a lot of DJs that live in Berlin are actually big, but play internationally all over the world, which is part of it, you know. I mean, that's part of being a DJ is playing internationally. But there are DJs that also would like to play locally in their own cities. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing happening right now. Like in Ibiza, it's like now like local parties right now because... Of course, the international aspect has been taken out during the pandemic. Sarah, how do you feel about the the idea of playing more outdoor parties and and spaces that are not the the club venue that perhaps you're more used to? I think it's really cool to go back to different kinds of dance floors, because if I remember correctly, um, back in the days, you would have block parties like one of the first dance floors, I guess, that ever existed. And block parties are great because it's also a great tool to work against gentrification. A block party is something that can happen during the day. Families are welcome. People can share food, serve food. Because if you think of 1st of May that is happening in Oranienstraße and how much Kreuzberg has changed, if we would have like some kind of 1st of May events more often, I think gentrification would slow down. And I want to ask both of you quickly before we go, how do you see the next months uh, coming ahead for your work as a DJ and your art? What are you going to focus on? Moderna, let's start with you. Well, prosperous, hopefully, you know, I mean, this definitely has been a time of reflection that everybody's kind of been looking inwards. Berlin has a deep heritage in dance and club culture, and we want to uphold that, you know, we want to celebrate that. And I think that for us to thrive, we need to support that aspect of that. And I see it actually being a positive thing to come of this, you know, because we we do have to look and reflect on what, you know, the past has brought us to now. For me personally, like, I want to create with the community now more than ever before. So, And Sarah? So I want to just keep creating, work, work on music and do my thing and create my sound and everything. And also just be part of the solution, basically. And I really hope that people who are more privileged help creating spaces that are safer for the most marginalized in our communities as well because the Berlin club scene considers themselves as very like left-wing and hip and all of that but there's so much work to be done and I also just want to say this kind of activism can be very joyful. I'm all about like activating the dance floor as a political space again so we can kind of practice being more kind to each other. That's why the club scene and everything is so important for me because it was always a space for me where I could just be myself. And now during this pandemic, we realized that's like the space that we need so much and there's not really an alternative. 
So I hope we can work towards like an even more inclusive, diverse space and just also learn from this and make it more sustainable because obviously it's not sustainable enough. Thank you both very much, Sarah Farina, a longtime DJ here in Berlin who also plays internationally and our very own KCRW Berlin DJ and host Moderna who has a show every Thursday called Brave New Rave. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much. That's it for this week's show. Thank you for listening to Studio Berlin on 104.1 FM. We've got some great news for you. We're now a podcast and you can find us on Apple, Spotify and Stitcher. You can also follow us as always on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. I'm your host, Sumi Somaskanda. See you next week.